Welcome to uh, the latest episode of Strength Training for Runners, uh, the podcast brought to you by me, Tim Edgerton. I'm very excited to let you guys know that I've got my first ever guest on the podcast today, and uh, today's guest is Nick Gale, a former elite British athlete who was English national champion in the sprint hurdles at junior, under 23, and at senior level, as well as being a British championship medalist, uh, both indoors and outdoors over the sprint hurdles. And now Nick Gale also owns his own personal training business called Nick Gale Personal Training. So super excited to have Nick on board for today's podcast episode. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, Tim. Glad to be here. Yeah, awesome stuff. So let's just, I think, maybe talk a little bit about your athletics career first. So, of course, I've, I've just gone through some of those achievements, some of your national titles and uh, medals there. And as impressive as they are, I, I would also say that they maybe undersell you a little bit because that when you consider the era of that you've competed in as a sprint hurdler, I think those are remarkable achievements. You know, you, when you've been lining up in British Championships, you've been against the likes of, I guess, Andy Turner, European and Commonwealth Games champion, the likes of Lauren Clark, Will Sharman. I think both of those have placed fourth in global championships and sprint hurdles. So, so you've you know you've amassed a number of national championship medals and titles uh, whilst I guess competing against some world-class sprint hurdlers so with that said my first question for you is uh, what what's your proudest moment or maybe your fondest memory competing as an athlete? It's difficult to say um, I'm proud of what I achieved and I, and I think I gave it everything so I don't think I can sort of look back and say um, I could have given more but it's difficult to say because I suppose I didn't really have that moment where, you know, where um, that magical moment, you know, like, so for some people, it might have been winning the European Championships or a World Championships or Olympic. And so for me, because I didn't have that, like, you know, I, I, I enjoyed what I did. And, you know, and I think I was consistent. Um, so there's, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I won four England Championships. Um, but I don't know which one I which one I'd pick either. So it's uh, I mean I think for doing it for twelve years, I'm proud of that. That's something I can look back at. like sort of longevity. That's something that I, I suppose that's what's like fond to me is that I was able to do it for twelve years. Yeah. So so that twelve year period you say, is that the length of time between I think it was your first national title? Am I right in saying was indoors at junior level as an under twenty? And then yeah, when I was when I was eight, when I was eighteen. Yeah, and then was your senior your senior title was that twelve years later? Um, or, no, or was, that was um, no, that was twenty six. I was okay. So it's still still pretty long. That's so looking at like eight eight years, sort of meddling over at national championship level there. So yeah, pretty pretty long pretty long career at, at the highest level. Uh, well, no, I got the I, British I, champs medal as well at twenty eight. So you had to add that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So I think you you're several times British championship medalist, I believe, but um, at least once indoors and once outdoors. Am I right in saying? Uh, twice indoors. Twice indoors. Once outdoors. Okay, excellent. So you know, an outstanding career, and you know, no one can argue with that. You know, of course, you you know, we didn't. 
you didn't get to the highest level, you didn't compete at the Olympics, um, but very few people can honestly say they've achieved uh, that level of success, especially, like I said, when you consider the, the calibre of British, British sprint hurdling at that time. Um, and something else I want to um, now ask you as well is, I know, I actually know your brother Tom very well, as he was, you know, he was also quite a talented athlete, and uh, myself as a middle distance runner, I regularly came up against Tom um, in races, of course, Myself and Tom, we were middle distance runners, and I guess guess where this is leading me is, I guess it's not unheard of for two siblings to both perform at a high level in athletics, but maybe it's a bit un, more unusual for one to be like a sprinter and one to be a, a middle distance runner. So, did athlete, does athletics run in your family, or or is it is it just the two of you? Quite an impressive sporting family across a range of sports and disciplines and everything as well. So, yeah, really, really impressive. Um, if we go focus on yourself a little bit more again now, um, of course, you're a Stoke boy. And I know, I guess, going back in time a little bit, maybe earlier on in your career, I think you went, you went to Staffordshire Uni, didn't you? Was that a... Was that a deliberate decision, kind of, to stay close at home for uni because you already had had a good training setup and a good coaching setup, or what? Uh, I guess what was what was the thought process behind that, if if any? Well, there was there was um, there was three three thoughts I had. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get into the good universities that I wanted to get into. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't do. I, I couldn't get into Loughborough. Um, I didn't get the grades. Didn't yeah. get into Loughborough. Um, so that wasn't realistic for me, and then the other two things was um, I had a good athletic setup in Stoke, so you know I was, I was got there wasn't many coaches better at that point in my life where I could have gone. So that was so Stoke was a good area for that. And then the other thing was socially at the time, you know, like the the nightlife I was enjoying when I was eighteen. I didn't want to I didn't want to give that up either. So 
Yeah. Get Santa to stay in Stoke. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so you mentioned the coach you had at Stoke. Maybe, maybe talk a little bit more about that. You know, who 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 was that coach at the time, and and what kind of stuff did he have you doing? And let, maybe let's just delve into that a bit more. My, my coach, my hurdles coach, when went back then was Graham Knight. Yeah. And I also had um, I had a strength and conditioning coach as well, Mark Holton. And Mark Holton, he—I mean, he's basically, he was basically like a personal trainer. Yeah. But back then, we called him a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. And um, he competed in two Olympic games. He was a Commonwealth silver medalist in the, in the hurdles. Uh, so that's the kind of like network that I had when I was eighteen. Great Graham was—he uh, was—he was part of the. Great Britain set up from 1978 up until 2004. Yeah. Uh, so he, you know, you know, he was he, he was in charge of like Great Britain hurdle squads. He was national coach. He was the he had the top job for the sprints and hurdles in, in Great Britain um, when I was working with him. Yeah. So. So yeah. I was in a really, really good setup. There's a lot of a lot of the guys that we trained with. They were, you know, international athletes, and in Stoke at that point, we were we had a lot of good young athletes coming through. Um, you know, so yeah, so it just just made sense to stay where you were, really. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so um, obviously, this well, my podcast, I, I focus very much on the, the strength training for runners side of things. That's that's what the podcast is called, and it's kind of what I try and talk about because um, that's that's one of my main interests. Um, and obviously, I, I talk about it a lot from, I guess, a middle or long distance perspective, because because that's my background. But I think it would be really interesting, especially given what you've just said about the fact that you had that a strength and conditioning coach who himself had gone to Olympics um, as a, as a sprint hurdler. Um, so it'd be super interesting to maybe talk about this kind of stuff he got you doing, you know, from from a different perspective, from the perspective of. Uh, training for elite sprint hurdles. Yeah. So, Mark had me doing a lot of strength endurance. Okay. And at that point in, in my career, um, Graham and Mark, they, their feeling was that you had to put the foundations down. Yeah. Uh, so, it, it wasn't about winning, say, um, a junior championships in six months' time. Yeah. Or in, in a year's time, it was about having a career, you know, having, you know, Sort of, sort of getting to the top level that that was that was the idea. The idea was that you know I'd go to the Olympics and challenge for medals. But that that was kind of that was their vision. Um, and so we did a lot of strength endurance, and which was like it was it was essentially ten repetitions on the on the explosive lifts, so yeah. um, power clean, uh, bench press. Um, Mark had me skipping as well, which okay, yeah. he taught me how to skip. I'd never, I'd never skipped. It was, it was like that side of it. Um, the we did a lot of aerobic stuff as well. Um, so uh, we do, we do like um, like a fart, like a lot, lot of intervals. And when I first started training with Mark, Mark had a rule where if I stopped when we were doing the aerobic stuff, I had to do press ups. Okay, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So. So he'd have me say sprint and then a jog, and if I if I walked after I'd done the sprint, like right press ups. Mm-hmm. So that was that was how he taught me not to stop when I was yeah. when, when I was running. Just built a work ethic in, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was. I mean, when I started working at Mark, we do we on Sundays. That was our running day where we do like a lot of long runs in our group. When I was I was seventeen, eighteen, and I was training with men, and they were all better than me. And as soon as I started training with Mark, I would recover so much quicker. So when the kind of running that I did with Mark, where you know he'd have me training nonstop for like running nonstop for 30, 45 minutes. When we did the Sunday sessions, if it was like a walk back recovery, you know, or, or a three minute recovery, I was fully recovered. And, yeah. you know, it just in a short period of working with Mark, um, you know, I was, I was sort of leading the runs in, in our group, which yeah, yeah. was, um, you know, it was, that was a massive um, shift for me at that point. Yeah, that's super interesting to hear because, um, I just I maybe relate that to some of my experiences. So I've, I'm I'm more Manchester based. Um, I grew up I guess I guess I grew up half, halfway between Manchester and Stoke in in Macclesfield. But um, I I trained with a group in Trafford, uh, obviously a middle distance group. But I got to know uh, a bunch of uh, four well four hundred meter runners in Trafford quite well. And at, at one stage, this particular group. Uh, trained by coach Steve Ball was maybe arguably the best best 400 meter group in the country. I had the likes of Andy Steele, Rick Yates, um, yeah. and and others in the group. And I think what what you've said is uh, bears resemblance to the kind of training they did. And I think a lot of people maybe don't actually realise how much hard grafts some of the top sprinters uh, put in, in terms of the endurance work um, and, you know, just just basic work capacity type training. So um, similar to what you're saying, like on a, on a Sunday morning, like some of their typical sessions, I think like they'll do a 20 minute run first and then, then they'll go into some fartlet work. And then from there, they'll start doing hill sprints or something, but they won't even do that until they've done a, a whole load of kind of endurance work beforehand so um not i think a lot of people don't appreciate like the the actual level of graft that that sprinters actually often do put in oh yeah yeah well i think that i think that it's kind of there's a lot there's a big difference in, in what we do i mean I'll, I'll come on to it later but when, when i moved to london i saw dwayne chambers train and like it's probably like i, I always pride myself on being the hardest working athlete and when I, when I was an athlete, a lot of the hurdlers did sort of, um, they find it funny because like, they knew I was putting in all this work and some of them were beating me and stuff like, and you know, they sometimes they tell me I was overtraining. Uh, but that's something I prided myself on was that I would work really hard, work harder than anybody. But when I went to London, I saw Dwayne Chambers uh, train and it was a different kind of training. So it was very, very technical running that he would do very like power based yeah. you know working on his mechanics and um, so he didn't do the kind of long stuff that I was doing as a kid but you know the work that he put in to, to just run say um, he was, I think he was world indoor champion at the time so him to run 6.4 seconds he put in so much work it was incredible yeah. but then on the other hand I've trained with other athletes that haven't worked that much. I mean, I trained with with Alex Nelson, who he was European junior hundred uh, European two hundred meter champion, and he was world youth silver medalist in the hundred. He won a lot of medals, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, he could do nothing for two weeks. 
Yeah, but because it did just the an intense session kind of wiped him out, kind of thing, and and he needed that much recovery, or from that perspective, or or maybe from an injury perspective, or. Um, I, I think you said <laughs> it probably didn't probably didn't um, it probably wasn't how Alex would run his quick times, but that does work where you know you can put in loads of work and then have a certain amount of time off. Like so, for me, sometimes I'd have three days off. You know, there's, there's times yeah. when I'd go into a championship and I'd have three days off um, from my last training session to the championship, and then I'd run a, I'd run a personal best or season's best. So that that does definitely work. Where if you if you put in a certain amount of work, you work really hard, you exhaust certain energy systems, and you know, and then your body fully recovers, and then you're ready to you know perform a peak performance. That that, that definitely works. In my experience. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that as well from, I guess, my, my own perspective, I, I guess. Um, what I tended to do for, say, for my peak race of the season or one, if I was peaking for maybe two or three races within the season, about, um, I'd have a, like a 10-day block where I really ramped up my training and by the end of those 10 days, I, w- I was pretty exhausted, but then, and that would finish maybe about a week, a week uh, ahead of my peak race and then from that point onwards I just do less and less and less and less and the last two or three days I'm I'm hardly doing anything maybe maybe two days before the race I'll I'll do a mile jog to warm up and then a couple of 200 meter strides at, at my 1500 meter pace and that would be it and then the day before absolutely nothing at all um so yeah it's sort of a an especially hard block just before then take taking it very easy Def, definitely was something that worked for me as well um, as a middle distance yeah. guy yeah so um, did uh, I guess from there let's let's maybe have talk a little bit about like race preparation did you have a set kind of a set pattern that worked for you going into a race or or did it vary from from competition to competition sort of how you how you tapered down. Or was it quite formulaic? A lot of it was, a lot of it was like planned. Yeah. You know, um, I'd work out how it's going to work, and and then the more years I was doing it, sometimes I didn't need to. Like so, if when I, when I first started, um, I would have a plan where I'm going to run this time at this competition. I'm going to peak here. I'm going to go back into hard training at this point, and then I'm going to medal at championships. I'd have I'd have those plans in place, and but then as I got older, you get you get other opportunities where a certain competitions going to come up, and um, you just take it as, as it comes. Or you know, yeah. there's, there's one year where I was setting personal, a lot of personal best that summer, and then in one race I fell over at the end of the race, and I really hurt myself. So the next the next couple of races, it's like you, you know you, I, I didn't quite know what I was gonna how I was gonna perform, you know. It's um, mm. yeah. Whereas most of the other races, I'd have it planned right. I should run this time because I'm in I'm in this kind of shape. I'm gonna work on this in training. Um, there's times when sometimes I put in certain warm ups and it might take out a certain amount of energy. So I might think right, I'll I'll do this warm up on this race and then in three races time. I can just do this one and that'll be enough to get me to run a certain time. Um, you know, this, there, was, there was, yeah, I was, I was very, very methodical yeah. with how I prepared. Yeah, excellent, yeah. 
Cool. So, yeah, I think it's been awesome getting an insight into your, your training and everything. Let's just um, bring things up to the sort of modern, current day, if you like. Now, obviously, we're in pretty strange times at the moment. Um, how, how have you found the last few months of lockdown? Um, obviously, you run your own personal training business as well. Did, uh, did, did that have to grind to a halt? Were you training clients online? How, how have you found the last few months? Logistically, you, you, it's too much sort of back and forth, isn't it? You know, you, yeah, yeah. From a time, I think as, I think as well. Uh, you, you know, I bet you've probably experienced this as well, Tim. Is that I think that this period right now, as bad as it is, um, it's allowed us all to be more creative. We've mm. had to find different ways. We've had to adjust. We've had to take ourselves out of our comfort zones. Yeah. And uh, to run our businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's been good and it's, it's you know it's been a kick up the backside as well where it's like you know I've got, I've got to sort of do this stuff you know? yeah yeah definitely yeah well that that was I guess that was one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast really you know is a um suddenly I had a bit more time on my hands so it's like okay try and be productive with that time what can I do and I, this this podcast was one of those ideas and I I wanted to maybe work a bit more with runners going forwards um because obviously that's my background, so um, using this podcast to put put myself out there and market myself towards runners and things like that. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like you say, um, I guess it's as as bad as the situation has been. It has also, uh, for me, created one or two opportunities. Um, in as much as so, I, I used to be based in Manchester and I've moved to York now uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and I rebuilt yeah. rebuilt my client base here in York and left my Manchester clients behind. Um, but when the when the gym shut at the start of lockdown, a couple of my old Manchester clients actually got back in touch with me and they were like, "Okay, the the gyms are shut. Can you help me online? Um, I don't I don't know what to do at home, kind of stuff." So so we started doing Zoom personal training sessions with a couple of my old clients from Manchester. So. Uh, who now want to carry on working with me even even beyond when the gyms reopen again? So so from that perspective, it it, do, it has it, there are opportunities to be found if if you look for them. Even though of course overall it's been a, a terrible situation. Um, so I definitely definitely agree with you on that front. And I, I guess now like you know, like you say, you know, lockdown's been eased as well, and we we can start. Um, 
working outdoors with clients a bit again. And I've seen on your page, your page is, uh, it's just called Nick Gale Personal Training, isn't it, I believe? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I've, yeah. obviously I've been I've been following your page and I've seen that you're starting to work in person with clients again. Obviously, keeping everything safe, outdoors, social distancing, etc. So, um, yeah, maybe, like, what, what kind of client, do you have a, big mix of different types of clients or do you train athletes at all or do you have a particular type of client that comes to you or is it a bit of a mix? It's, it's a mix and I'll, I'll go through phases. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'd like to work more with athletes mm. um, but, but I don't. But that's my passion. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of just um, teach people to be, to be better athletes and that, that is my goal one day yeah I'd, I'd love to be sort of in america and training nba players nfl players yeah 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 and, you know that's um, um i don't get to work with as many athletes um, it's more general public and um it's it, it go, 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 through, go through phases where it might be overweight people that need it it might be people that uh they just love keeping fit yeah that's their thing People that the exercise for their mental health, um, people that have got certain goals and might be in their career where, you know, if they've got, if they're joining the police or they're joining the Marines or, you know, one of them is a paramedic and they have to pass the fitness test for those. Um, a lot of, the majority of my clients that I've, I've kept working with during this period, they tend to be business owners. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been in mode, been able to carry on working. Um, all the, they've got executive positions and the companies to work for. And yeah, it's pretty much general public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's the same for me, really. And um, but yeah, I guess I'm 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 the same with same as you. I guess you know I I, I have some. I have some runners on my books and uh, triathletes and stuff like that, um, but more. The, I would say the majority at the moment is more general public stuff. But I'm 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 starting to push more down the route of trying to attract runners that don't really know what they're doing with their strength training and want help with strength training to uh, to help their running and stay more injury free with the running and stuff like that. So so yeah, I guess fairly similar. Um, so yeah, if if there are any anyone listening to the podcast uh, that's maybe a runner, uh, maybe near Stoke or anything, and they uh, or an athlete of any kind, and they they want to get in touch with you about personal training, maybe about strength and conditioning work, um, how can they find you? They can find me on the Facebook on my business page, which is. Nick Gale personal training. I might change it to Nick, Nick Gale fitness. Okay. Well, I, I'm, ch- I'm changing it to Nick Gale fitness. But okay. You probably know yourself that. Yeah. It takes a certain amount of days for the name to change, doesn't it? Okay, so maybe so. By the time this podcast goes up, it might have changed to Nick Gale fitness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Cool. Facebook's an easy way. I've got my personal website as well, which is nickgale.co.uk. I've also, I've recently, during this period, I've set up a YouTube channel as well. Okay. Which is Nick Gale Fitness. Excellent, yeah. Cool. So, um, what I'll try and do then, when, when this podcast goes out, I'll try and I'll try and put the links to all of those out so people can 
check you out and definitely if if you are in the Stoke region and you are an athlete of any sort and you're aspiring to get better and you want help with your strength and conditioning definitely check Nick out I'll put all the links links out to his pages his website his YouTube page as well um, so definitely get in touch with him and um, yeah I can I can vouch that you know well, you'll you'll know for yourself. You having listened to what what he's had to say, you know it'll it'll be definitely of benefit to you to um, use his services. So, th- thanks for coming on the call, Nick. It's it's been really interesting to hear about your training and your career and and how you've been getting on in the last few months as well. So, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll put the links out. Thanks again to Nick, and uh, we'll see you again, guys, uh, soon for another episode of Strength Training for Runners. See you later, guys.